You have a very conscientious little boy, very thoughtful little boy. You must be very proud of him. I think it comes with growing up with siblings with very complex needs. They just learn to, to be that way, that their, their first thoughts are for their siblings and it just brings out that kindness in them. Do you know, and Sean is very much like that. His first thoughts every day are to go and see Liam and say hello to Liam. When he comes in from school, it's the first thing he does. They have a great bond. Yeah, Sean is just, he is, he's a kind, kind little kid in fairness. <laughs> oh, I'm the youngest one to ever win Care of the Year. Ireland. Like, something I have to my name now. This is the fifth episode of If the Bedroom Walls Had Ears. I'm Anne-Marie Kelly. Neve Ryan and her husband Jerry from Portleash have twin boys, Sean and Liam, who are 12. Liam and Sean were born prematurely and Liam has severe quadriplegic cerebral palsy and he's non-verbal. His brother Sean is a young award-winning carer and he's the focus of this episode. Terms like respite, peg feeds, bumbleance are all part of his everyday vocabulary. Along with his mum and dad, they've had to cocoon for the last year because Liam is high risk. Let's meet Sean Ryan. If the Bedroom Walls Had Ears would like to acknowledge the funding it has received from the Keep Well campaign, which is brought to you with thanks to Healthy Ireland, an institute of the Government of Ireland, with funding from the Healthy Ireland Fund and the Slauncha Care Fund, delivered by Pobble, administered by Leash County Council and Healthy Ireland Leash. Has he grown up a lot quicker than you may have wanted him to grow up? Yeah, in many ways, I think. Um, now, I suppose we try and and shelter him to some degree. Sean and Liam's mum, Neve. He has grown up in a situation where his twin brother has been in and out of hospital quite a lot and for long periods of time. He does, I suppose, understand that Liam is very vulnerable. I suppose that makes him grow up that little bit quicker. We've tried to, I suppose, bring Sean up in such a way that he's not resentful of Liam either you know so you're trying to to give him his own time and try and do things with Sean himself he appears to be very grown up in some ways he's not very streetwise (laughs) Um, and maybe that comes from the fact that we're we're probably quite protective of Sean as well as Liam you know that kind of way and we don't um, Sean doesn't get to do a lot of what his peers would get to do you know he doesn't get to go on holidays our holidays are to Laura Lynn but then he gets to do a lot of other cool stuff that his peers don't get to do either you know he, he does he, ha- he has grown up I suppose a lot quicker than than many would I think he seems to handle it quite well <laughs> In 2018, at the age of 10, Sean became Leinster Young Carer of the Year. And he first tells me his house is different to others. It's quite different to what most people would probably be. In where my brother has cerebral palsy, which is where he cannot talk or eat regularly or walk. That makes things very different. So our routine would be different to regular families. There's a lot of different things during the day to do for him. His name's Liam. 
So in relation to your relationship with him, you're you're a twin, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I am. We were born same day. I would say we look quite alike. Some people think we're way more alike than I I think we are. But when twins are together, or so when twins are apart, do you know what how he's doing? Like do you know the way that thing is where twins know what they're each other is thinking. Mm, no, no, we don't have that. <laughs> we don't really have. We can't not read each other's thoughts, unfortunately. But you must know him, like from his facial expressions, though. You must know exactly what he's thinking, do you, or how he's feeling? Mm, it, it can be hard to tell sometimes exactly what's wrong with him if something's wrong. But we help him with cho- making choices and things. So, say we give him an option of two things, and whichever one he seems to react to more we'll pick that for him sometimes he can be very definite and then sometimes he won't really answer much there's just a way a way you kind of learn to interact by reading like facial expressions and movements and things it's kind of hard to explain can you explain it to me cerebral palsy his condition well as far as i know it's a thing where he can't eat normally so he's peg fed can't walk or talk, at least that's what his is like. Its movement is different, as in, it's a lot, I'd say it's, it's quite a bit stiffer. He can't really say words, as per se, but he can make noise and sometimes he can say some things, or was close to some things. That's basically our way of communicating with him. Like what age do you remember realizing that he was a bit different? From what I can remember, mainly from when I would have started preschool or around that type of time when he would have gotten his peg feed a little bit before that, he would have gotten it. But around that kind of time, I knew he was different, but I wasn't fully aware of everything, really, because it was just normal to me. You know, back then I wouldn't have had many people to compare to. As I got older, I kind of started to realise more. You know, is he very positive? Most of the time. He is most of the time. Now, he would have his days where yesterday now, he was quite down yesterday. But I think that's probably no different to all the other kids in the world at this stage now, you know, where they're missing their friends and that at school. Um, So we would have days like that. But he's he's good to pick himself up again and, and keep going. And I suppose, you know, maybe myself and himself would go for a walk and have a chat and... He is very chatty and you can get him to, to talk. And I suppose that's a good thing. He's, he's always been very sociable and independent as well. You know, now that probably comes from the fact that from the word go, Liam has always needed that one-to-one attention. So I suppose Sean from a very early age learned to occupy himself, I suppose, you know, um, whether it was yeah. playing with his toys or whatever it might be. When he was a bit younger, he would have worried greatly about Liam, um, you know, and he would have always been quite anxious. But I suppose the last couple of years, Liam hasn't, he's, he's been well, so he hasn't been in and out of hospital as much as he was when he was younger. Sean says it comes natural to him when he responds to Liam's needs. It basically happens naturally and always has. In where like he's coughing, I'll go over to him, help, I'll help him with choice making. So kind of help him 
pick different things based on his facial expression. You get to read kind of how he feels and then help him based on how you think he's feeling. That's kind of something I've learned how to do over years. He knows you're there to rely on. Do you think he knows you're, if he's upset about something, that he knows, well, Sean's going to be around? Well, I sure hope so. But I would say, because I am often in the same room as him, well, before lockdown it would have been more, but I, yeah, I would say, I, I would hope that he thinks that. During lockdown, you're not in the room as, as much? No, because I've been on the phone to my friends a lot more than I, you know, because I'm not going to school anymore, that I spend more time with my friends on the phone. So I'm in my room. So when you used to come home from school, like obviously he'd be the first person you'd see and talk to. Mainly, yeah. So I just go in. And do you chat to him? Do you have conversations? Well, with him? no, they're not conversations as in what have you been watching recently, you know, things like that. It's more chat chat, you know, where or even what he's doing. Like I'll help him say his program that he's watching is over. I'll ask him, does he want to watch more? of that programme or does he want a different one and then whatever he reacts to more I'll do it's not that type of talk really and is there ever times where you don't like it you don't like having to do the, these things for him well I don't have a problem with doing things for him it's, or anything like that it's normal to me and I can't say I don't like it it does well it's different I'll say that to what you know would be considered well, a lot of people would have in their normal lives is very different to what we would. Routines, mainly. Are you a teen, do you think? Is your family a bit of a teen? Yes, I would say, because we all help out. Mostly my mum and dad, but I help. I like to think I help out a good bit. Uh, do you think you're tuned in to Liam? Like, do you think that you um, know him the best? I'd say so, actually. I'd like to think that I know the best. I'm probably with him the most, I guess. So. And does he smile a lot when you're around? Yes, he smiles a lot. Yeah, I like to make him laugh and things, you know. How do you make him laugh? Maybe if he finds a lot of things in a programme where like someone's tripping or something, like slip and fall. So pretend I'm doing that or something. He seems to really enjoy that. <laughs> so he likes to see you fall on your face. <laughs> it, say when Liam is distressed, how how do you calm him down? I'm sure he gets distressed, and you know exactly. Okay, I'm going to have to do this. What, what? There are a couple of things you know what to do. Oftentimes, you know, put on put on a program he really likes. He really has, he he loves stories, so read him a story. Or he has like a machine that reads him stories, so put that on for him. You know, put on something he likes to do. If it's in the summer or something, spring, maybe go out for a walk. He loves walks. You're you're very kind. I mean, I I I love um, I love talking to you because you're you're a very kind boy. I, I think kindness is really important. I feel like it's something that should just come naturally. Be kind to everyone you see. You know, help them if they fall. Just help them in general. Do you think you'll always be like this? 
Do you think you'll always be a helper? Somebody who cares for somebody? I hope so. I hope that never changes. But Did you know that when Liam was born that he was going to have cerebral palsy? No. The fact that the boys were born 14 weeks premature. So they were, they were born at 26 weeks. So I suppose it's never going to be plain sailing at that stage. Um, yeah, they were very, very tiny. You know, they were less than a kilo each. It, yeah, you know, so we spent two months in, in Hollis Street, a lot of that time in ICU, and um, then a month down here in Port Leash in Scaboo. And, um, yeah, it was a rough start. The two of them had heart surgery and, you know, we really didn't know what way things were going to go. But Liam was particularly sick. Um, so we were sort of warned from early on that cerebral palsy was likely. And then it's just as time passes, then no one, no doctors can tell you if it's going to happen or not or how severe it's going to be. And it's only as time passes that that shows itself, really. In many ways, we would think... We always look at Liam as being a miracle, the fact that he is still with us because he was so very, very sick. Um, but really, in many ways, Sean is just as much of a miracle because he had the same rough start as Liam. He was just as tiny. He still had the surgeries and everything that went with being born so early. And look at him now. You know, we're so proud of him, really. He's he's so clever. He does so well in school. And he's you know, we're very proud of the young man that he is now. Yeah, life was turned upside down, pretty much, you know. Um, plus, we were living here in Port Leash. We had only moved down here um, a couple of years previously. So we really didn't know many people down here. And really, until Sean started school, I knew nobody here in Port Leash. Only the girls in the pharmacy and all the nurses and peds. I knew nobody else in Port Leash. <laughs> it was very uh, it was very strange and then when Sean started school then you know you get to, to know people and then you know Liam started in, in Colby preschool so you sort of had two very different groups of friends and you know people that you got to know sure look life just is what it is and you can only deal with what's put in front of you and do your best to do that so that's what, what we've always done you know and we were always so um, happy that we got to bring both our babies home at the end of the day that that was all that that mattered you know and sure look they're nearly teenagers that now they're nearly <laughs> just mad. I was about to say that and he's going to be an actor yeah, that's what he's hoping <laughs> he loves yeah he loves drama he goes to Midlands drama and he absolutely loves it you know and it's funny because myself and Jerry would um sport would Sports would be a big part of our background, um, and acting wouldn't be anywhere there. So uh, it's it's funny, but sure, look, do you know what? I suppose when they were babies and they were young, we just would have given anything for them to grow up and be healthy. And we always said, whatever they want to do, we will try and encourage it and nurture it. And if that's what Sean likes to do let him off you know we'll try and, and help him as much as we can yeah you know I love acting now I've I go to a drama school and I be in plays so why like why acting what have you, can you tell us why you've, you've chosen to do drama and where do you do that well I go to Midlands drama school and I've been going there for 
two, three years now and I really enjoy it. You know, I've gone through a lot of different things, GAA, which I stayed with for a few years, banjo, a lot of different things and drama's just the one I've been sti sticking with and I love it. So. Is it because you can become somebody else? Well, I'm not exactly sure why I like it. I just kind of enjoy acting and just seeing what character I can be. Sean has a real fondness for the Laura Lynn Foundation, which provides care to children and to their families. Laura Lynn has helped us so much over the last few years. Respite, we've been able to do things as a family more. That's our holidays now and it's so helpful. Liam loves it there. There's so many activities for him and me there. It's a lovely, lovely place. Helped us out so much. What is it you do in Laurelin? Well, you stay there, you know, like a hotel almost. We could leave, would stay there, do art activities, singing activities, music, everything. Go outside, go for walks, sometimes go places. So he has a lot to do and he has a lot of fun and making friends with other kids. He just really loves it. And it gives me, my mum and my dad time to go out and do things that we don't normally get to do. So going to the city. And you know that he's safe mm. as well. Well, he's probably having a better time. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it really has been a lifeline for us. It's a, a home away from home. It's the only place you can go overnight with Liam. So it allows us to go up there and be his mum and dad as opposed to his nurses because when you're at home here looking after him, he's on a lot of medications. Um, he's on 24 different doses of meds every day. He's on BiPAP at night. You know, there's a lot that goes on with him and his care. So when you go to Laura Lynn, all the medical stuff is taken away from you and you just get to be his mom and dad, which is brilliant. And it also means then that we can do stuff with Sean that you can't do with Liam. So we can go off and we can go to a gig or to a match or even just out for dinner um, and do the normal stuff that most other families would get to do. Also, Ms. Evan Jerry, if we were to get sick, who would look after Liam? And any families in our situation would be the same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, were we to get COVID, the only option would be Laura Lynn uh, because Liam needs nursing care. You know, grandparents can't look after a child like Liam. So that was a big worry. But Laura Lynn, you know, that was the support that they were offering us all year, which was fantastic. That they would, you know, crisis care was still kept going. Really, they have been a, a lifesaver for families, even through all of this pandemic. We, got, we raised a lot of money for Laura Lynn, just for, you know, facilities and things like that. We also raised money for another service called Bumbulance, which is an ambulance service for children that gives them a lot of fun things to do to, you know, if they're going for a checkup or anything like that, you know, give them some fun, have some fun while they're going there. I, have you been in the Bumbulance? Yes, yourself? I did once. I went as well. Well, Liam? Describe Very it. nice, actually. Usually the hour or a bit to Temple Street in Dublin is long <laughs> you know just have something to do in the car but Bumblets yeah. has so many different things to do in it you can read the games consoles in there a lot of different things and it's kind of colourful and fun isn't it inside mm, yeah it's nice very nice 
Do you ever worry about him? Not that much, really. He's healthy, happy, you know. Do you feel lucky that you have him? Yeah, very much, yeah. Things just wouldn't be the same. You know, I wouldn't have won that award. So many different things would be different. Never have gone to Laura Lynn or the Bumblance. You know, these things are something that we will probably only get to do, you know? I suppose you see the world differently as well, because you see it in a different way. And I know you might not think that's a great thing, but I think it's a, it's a really good thing for you as a person to see the world differently. If you have everything you need, there's people that don't, you know? People like Liam, yeah, we have what we need, but raising money for things that help, you know, families get respite and just the kids to make them, you know, happier. I find I think that's a great thing to do. You, you're you're able to see things differently. I think you know you're able to understand. Maybe some children might not see it the way you see mm. things. I understand what you mean where you kind of think a different way. You need to learn to read expressions. And, you know, from different sounds and things to realise how he's feeling. It's kind of like learning a language, kind of unspoken. And something that you kind of just get over time. It's a great quality to have. Well, look, I hope you get back to school soon, that you were able to see your friends and get out into the yard and enjoy being the young boy. Mm. Me too. <laughs> this penultimate episode of If the Bedroom Walls Had Ears is dedicated to Liam Ryan and his twin brother, Sean, aged 12. And thanks to their mum, Neve, and to Maria O'Sullivan for putting me in contact with them. By texting the word superhero to 50300, you can donate €4 Euro to Laura Lynn. Now, on the final episode in this series, I speak to five third years from Portleash College on music, poetry and films that got them through the lockdown. Thanks for listening. They say that the rainbow comes out after the storm, but I like to think that the rainbow is always there during the storm. It's just hidden and you just have to look for it. If the Bedroom Walls Had Ears would like to acknowledge the funding it has received from the Keep Well campaign, which is brought to you with thanks to Healthy Ireland, an institute of the Government of Ireland, with funding from the Healthy Ireland Fund and the Slauncher Care Fund, delivered by Pobble, administered by Leash County Council and Healthy Ireland Leash. <laughs>